Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we'll unlock the book The Last Lecture. Life and death are the two biggest issues of life. However, few people would like to discuss them frankly. At Carnegie Mellon University, however, students are encouraged to think about death. In the university's last lecture series, top scholars were invited to give a hypothetical final talk about what matters to them the most when their life comes to an end. While listening to the lectures, we involuntarily also think about how the questions apply to our own lives, what do we cherish the most? How should we lead our life? In 2007, CMU invited a special guest to return to their alma mater and give a lecture on this topic. That speaker was Randy Pausch, the author of this book. By that time, he had already been given a terminal diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, and had just a few months to live. So, to Pausch, it was literally a last lecture. It was Pausch's family, friends and former colleagues that encouraged him to give this speech and he saw the occasion as a farewell ceremony. He also hoped that his three young kids could access what he wanted to share with them through the video of this lecture once they grew up. Pausch titled this lecture Really Achieving Your Childhood Dreams. He even did several push-ups on stage as a warm-up to show the audience that he was vital enough to give the lecture. In this speech, he had no intention of talking about his disease or how he struggled with it. He chose to talk about his dreams and about everything he cherished. Even if his life was about to come to an end, he lived it with passion and enthusiasm. In his lecture, Pausch didn't intend to instruct us on how to fulfill our dreams. Instead, he wanted to inspire us to think about how we can follow our dreams and achieve a unique and valuable life. Pausch's speech was full of humor, even making the audience laugh from time to time but he also moved them to tears. The online video of this lecture was downloaded over 10 million times. Thousands of people wrote to Pausch, sharing with him about their own dreams. Next up, we'll unlock this book through the following three parts. Part 1, Pausch's Dreams. Part 2, Pausch's Adventures and Optimism. Part 3, Pausch's Remarks on How to Live Your Life. Part 1, Pausch's Dreams One's personality is heavily influenced by the overall environment they live in. Pausch was a dreamer ever since his childhood, and he was always willing to fight for his dreams. He inherited this personality from his open-minded parents, who paid more attention to their kids' psychological and intellectual gains than material satisfaction, and were willing to protect their kids' wildest dreams. Pausch was born to a middle-class family in Columbia, Maryland. His mother was an English teacher, and his father was a military doctor during World War II before he opened his own company selling car insurance. As a middle-class family, they were not short of money, but Pausch's parents preferred a frugal life. They dressed simply, never spent an excessive amount of money, and rarely ate outside or went out for fun, except for going to the cinema once, or at most twice, a year. When Pausch was nine years old, 
He wanted to go to the circus, but his mother turned down his request, saying that he had been to the circus with his older sister when he was two, so there was no need to go again. But Pausch's parents lived a frugal life to enrich their non-material world and help others. They funded the construction of a dormitory for 50 students in Thailand, with the aim of helping girls continue with their studies, so that they wouldn't need to fall into prostitution. They bought the full collection of the World Book Encyclopedia, which was not cheap, and they also ordered the annual companion volumes. On the bookshelf six steps from their dinner table there was a dictionary. Whenever they had a question, they never sat around the table guessing the answer. Instead, they would open the encyclopedia or the dictionary, and look for the answer. At almost every dinner, the Pausch family needed to consult the dictionary. Such a family environment provided rich soil for little Pausch's dreams. Pausch's father was a thinker. He was inquisitive about current events, history, and things in daily life. He was also a master storyteller, as he was skilled at adding life's wisdom into stories, thus guiding Pausch to establish correct ways of thinking. Pausch learned a great deal from his father's storytelling techniques. His mother was also a wise woman. She often reminded Pausch to be patient and humble. Just like this, Pausch grew up to be a curious, inquisitive, and imaginative boy under his parents' guidance. One day when he was in high school, Pausch suddenly wanted to paint his rampaging thoughts on his bedroom walls. He told his father that it would mean a lot to him and it would be cool. His pleas moved his father, who allowed him to do so. His mother was not a fan of this idea, but didn't object. So, Pausch called on his sister Tammy, and his friend Jack Sheriff to help with this project. The three of them closed themselves inside for two entire days to finish this painting. The Pausches lived in a one-story house, but their imagination exceeded their living space. They painted a silver elevator door on the wall. Above the door, they painted a panel with floor numbers 1 through 6. They also painted a rocket ship with fins and Snow White's mirror. On the ceiling, they wrote the words, I'm trapped in the attic. They also painted chess pieces because Pausch loved chess. There was a submarine lurking in a body of water behind the bunk bed, as well as a periscope in search of enemy ships rising above the bedspread. As it was the late 1970s, disco was popular in the US, but there was also an anti-disco movement. Influenced by that social trend, Pausch wrote on the door, Disco sucks. He and Tammy also painted a Pandora's box, as he always liked the story's optimistic part, left at the bottom of the box was hope. Pausch's mother kept their painting. The only editing she did was quietly painting over the word sucks, as she thought it was vulgar. She never repainted the bedroom, even decades after Pausch had moved out. After he became an adult, Pausch still felt happy every time he recalled this experience. This painting project was more than an expression of some random thoughts, it actually revealed his childhood dreams. When he was in elementary school, Pausch dreamed of traveling to space in the rocket he painted to experience floating with zero gravity. The chance finally came to him in 2001. 
NASA has a plane it uses to help astronauts acclimate to zero gravity, called the Weightless Wonder, and it had a program in which college students could submit proposals for experiments on the plane. By then, Pausch was teaching at CMU, and his students proposed a project using virtual reality, through which people could do dry runs on the ground to help with nausea. Nausea is often the result of zero gravity, as the inner ear, which controls balance, isn't quite in sync with what we see with our eyes. The students were therefore invited to NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston to ride the plane. Faced with the chance to fulfill his childhood dream, Pausch was even more excited than his students. However, NASA made it clear that faculty advisors were not allowed to ride on the plane. Pausch was upset, but he didn't give up. After carefully reading all the literature about the program, he indeed found a loophole. He found that NASA, in order to establish its good public image, would allow a journalist from the student's hometown to experience the ride with them together. Therefore, Pausch immediately contacted an official at NASA, promising that he would send film of their experiments to mainstream media to help the program gain more publicity. Finally, he got the permit and experienced zero gravity as a reporter, thus fulfilling his childhood dream. Another one of Pausch's numerous childhood dreams was to be the coolest guy at any amusement park or carnival he visited. When he was eight years old, Pausch's family went on a trip to visit Disneyland. He was immediately fascinated by the park the moment they arrived, and he thought to himself, I want to build something like this on my own. Twenty years later, Pausch got his PhD degree in computer science, and he immediately applied for a position in Walt Disney Imagineering. To his disappointment, Disney replied that there wasn't a suitable position for him. Did Pausch just give up? Of course not. He believed that obstacles exist for a reason. They aren't there to stop us from pursuing our dreams, rather, they give us an opportunity to prove how strong and sincere our wishes are. By 1995, Pausch had become a professor at the University of Virginia, and he helped build a working low-budget virtual reality system, which was quite innovative for that time. Not long after, Pausch received news that Disney Imagineering was working on a virtual reality project, and he contacted Disney again, offering to participate in this project. At first, Pausch was turned down, but he was persistent. In the end, the project's team leader, John Snoddy, got Pausch's call. After a short conversation, Pausch decided that he must go to California, and talk to Snoddy in person. So, he did 80 hours of homework, collecting every piece of information that he thought might be useful. As a result, he truly impressed Snoddy with his presentation. Both of them were very satisfied with this meeting, and Pausch decided to spend his sabbatical, a six-month vacation from school, working for Disney, and fully participating in this project. But it was not easy to get permission for the sabbatical. Pausch's dean was concerned that Disney would exploit the intellectual property in his head, which rightfully belonged to the university. But as Pausch was determined, he eventually received permission. When Pausch drove past Disney's headquarters in his convertible, he was playing the soundtrack of Disney's The Lion King on his radio, and he was in tears. 
the eight-year-old boy on the Alice ride in Disneyland wishing to become an Imagineer now had his dream come true. Besides this, Pausch had many other dreams as well, such as playing in the National Football League, being Captain James T. Kirk of Star Trek, and winning giant stuffed animals. These dreams reflected Pausch's characteristics which included persistence, courage, and optimism, and together they made up who he was. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.